Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Well, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. Um, I've got Phil Moran and Jonathan Van Hoogen with me in the studio. I'm Russ Herman. Uh, we are, unfortunately, missing Josh Bales. Looking forward to hopefully having everybody back together in the studio again next week. We are wrapping up our journey through the Psalms this week. Um, this morning we find ourselves in Psalm 139, and I think Phil and Jonathan are going to share the reading of this psalm. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll start out. I'm going to read the first 12 verses of Psalm 139, and this, these are some, some pretty familiar words. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be as night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. 
Here we find a, a psalm that for some is one of their um, favorite psalms or on their short list of, of favorite psalms. Um, why, do you, why do you think that is, that this is a psalm that some come back to um, time and time again? Well, this psalm, um, is, it's so intimate, and, and so many of the psalms are, but um, it, it indicates how, how intimately and closely the Lord knows us, uh, that he knows everything about us, that he knows more about me than I know about myself. And there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing about me that will ever shock or surprise him because he knows me so well. Uh, Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down, when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. Even before a word is on my tongue, you know it. Um, and then th- then beginning in verse 7, there's nowhere that I could go to, to get away from you. Even when I try to run away from God, I can't because any place that I go, even if I make my bed in Sheol, which is the place of death, mm-hmm. Lord, you're there. You're there ahead of me. <laughs> when, when are the, you know, one of the things that is really important to see in the psalm is you know, just the omniscience and omnipresence of God. Yes. Um, but it's even more important to see that in a very personal way. Yes. Um, you know, when we when we um, when we um, doubt His omniscience or His omnipresence, uh, oftentimes we live as practical atheists. You know, where we where we we're living as though He doesn't exist. In any moment we think we're getting away with something, we have to realize that He already knows that. He he knows that and he's, he sees that. Um, there's no place that we can, you know, as David says, there's no place I could hide from you. Uh, you know it. And I love what you said, Phil, about um, he knows us better than we know ourselves. There are oftentimes there's things that we do that surprise ourselves, um, but nothing surprises God. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I've always kind of read this psalm and starting in verse 7, like, like David was trying to get away from God. Mm-hmm. And I realize I don't think I'm reading it correctly. I actually don't think David is trying to get away from God. He's taking comfort in the fact that he can't, that there's nowhere that he can go that he is outside of the the fatherly gaze of God. Um, maybe one of the, the most profound teachings that I've ever sat under was a talk by R.C. Sproul called Naked and Unashamed. And it was just classic Sproul. Um, He's starting in Genesis um, 1 and 2 and talking about Adam and Eve and and they were created and they were naked and unashamed. And then one of the effects of the fall is they're trying to hide from God. And then Sproul just meanders all over the place. And you're like, okay. And this was a, just a couple years ago. And so I was starting to think, okay, Sproul's lost it. He used to be a great I mean, speaker, but I, I think he's finally lost it. He doesn't know where he's going. And he, he's talking about Sartre and existentialism and, and all of these things about how um, I think God Russ is, has lost it. <laughs> is, this, is this kind of this great peeping Tom and, and uh, trying to get away? And then he just brings it home and drives home this idea that it's, that it's only in God 
that we can be fully exposed mm. and safe. Right. It's the only place where we can be not literally naked, but but in theory, naked before God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unashamed. And he brought it to the to really to Jesus, who in essence is fully exposed on Calvary's cross. Mm-hmm. And he takes all of our nakedness and our shame so that we don't have to, so that we can truly pray 139. It, it was just that's, glorious sprawl is what it was. That's, that's wonderful. I'm going to have to seek out the recording of that. I, mean, I assume it's on Ligonier. I, I think yeah. it is, yeah. yeah. But you know. uh, um, that's such a wonderful truth because isn't it, isn't it true that one of our great fears in life is the fear of being exposed and that if people knew me for what's really going on inside, if people really knew the full truth about Phil Moran, they wouldn't love me. And the truth of the gospel is that God knows the full truth about Phil Moran. There's and and, and you, listener, there's nothing that God, God knows you better than you know yourself. And a few few days ago, we were talking about uh, Psalm one thirty six. His steadfast love endures forever. God knows everything about you fully exposed, and his steadfast love endures forever. Russ, you were asking why this psalm was one of the favorites that people might have. And part of it is in the in the middle of that psalm, uh, beginning in verse 13, where um, there's an affirmation of the humanness of the unborn. Um, for yes. thou did you form my inward parts, you you wove me together in my mother's womb. <laughs> and uh, here we see the creative work of of God in, in in the womb itself. You know, we recognize that every that 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 unborn uh, child is yes. a, is is fully human, and and this is a this is a fundamental. Um, Difference that we might have with the world that uh, uh, sees sees uh, an unform uh, a child growing in the womb as something just as tissue, and uh, here you know we recognize God has made us; He's put us together. In fact, He knows all of our days before ever one of them comes to be. He's numbered every one of them. Uh, you know, He's you know, and and so in the in His creative work he's creating my character the inward man everything in in the womb he's woven it together and so i think that that's one of the things that people find precious here here's a direct reference to the humanness of the unborn child any any woman that's lost a child in um, you know in in the womb and you know i that's happened in our family uh, extended family uh, we realize, you know, from the moment of conception, there's a child being formed. We already are making a connection that yes, this is. That's right. This is this is you know, and God knows that as well. This is what's so wonderful about it. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to be just as vigilant as we talk about the sanctity of life in the womb, which we need to continue to to talk mm-hmm. about and hammer and and hold to. I think we just need to talk about the sanctity of life all the way to the grave. Yeah. Right. That because we are fearfully and wonderfully made by God, all life has worth. Mm -hmm. And that every life has worth every day until they die. 
Well, uh, even the wonder of how we're made is something that the physicians, you know, the body is such a creative work of God, and it's a logically created work of God. We don't know all the logic of it, but we know if we do this, then we might find this result. You know, so you're treated in this way to heal this disease. That's incredible when you think about it. It's not a random thing. We've been made wonderfully, fearfully. That's there was a, a doctor a couple years ago, well, decades ago now, Paul, yes. Paul Brands. Paul Brand, right. that's right. And I'm trying to remember his the name. He wrote several books. Uh, it, was, it was Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. And did he write one something like In His Image or The Gift of Pain or something? He, he might have done that. Books. He might have done that. The one that you're referring to, um, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, he actually associates that with the body of Christ, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, when I say the body of Christ, I'm talking about the church and the gifts that he's given the church, which is really incredible. Right. He, he makes application using medical knowledge to, mm-hmm. to accomplish that. You know, the, the psalm does end, um, you know, where David, and we know this is David because it's part of the uh, ascription of the psalm, he speaks about uh, the enemies who hate God. And he, not only does he share God's thoughts about him as a person, um, that, you know, what God has done creatively, but he's also sharing God's thoughts about what God feels toward his enemies. And in the end, uh, even though he's saying he hates those that hate the Lord, he, he recognizes that, there's, that in him dwells something as well, and he asks God to search it out. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So he doesn't actually remove himself from thoughts that are untrue about God. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life, and we will see you next time. Thanks so much. 